Dig into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of Breaking Bats, uh, presented by Not For Long Media. I'm Brian O'Grady. With me, my co-host is Justin Ayers. Just got done a game here in Japan. A little tired, but nice win. What do you got going on over there, Jay? Nothing, man. You know, we're, we're getting into the, the actual part of summer here. Uh, it's a very exciting time, but yeah, I'm glad to see the lions are playing well. You're, you're playing well. You're just banging doubles off the wall. Everything looks like it's going pretty good over there. It's been a good, uh, you know, little turnaround here. Two days. I had a rough stretch there for uh, about 10 games. So, you know, it was a great off day we had on Monday, get away, clear my head, sit on the couch, stuff my face with some bad food and uh, watch some sons of anarchy. So, we're ready to go again mentally. My timing's feeling a little better. And yeah, it's been a it's been a good two games. So hopefully we keep it rolling here. You know, everyone, it just happens in a season, man. It's too long. The level of play is, is, is too high. You know, I said this to you before we came on here. Mike Trout was over 26. It's just if you play this game at a high enough level, you're gonna have that stretch. And it doesn't make it suck any less when it's happening, but it's gonna happen. And uh Hopefully mine is, is long gone and we just keep rolling for the rest of the year. But you have something on your side. Now you have the rally mustache. So I, <laughs> I summer of stash 2022. Listen, the mustache historically has helped me out of these slumps. That is why I have it right now. And, uh, I'll have to, I'll send you, uh, I'll have to send you some pictures of, of, me with mustache through the years. Um, I don't know, man. Power of the stash. It's uh, it, it's it's definitely helped me. I went with the little soul patch. Too, you can't see it as good, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, there's a lot of hits in this mustache. I will. Uh, I'll have it until November if that's what I got to do. I don't care, and my wife's not around, so it doesn't matter anyway. My mom probably won't like it, but you know, whatever. I was going to say, who, who's a, who's the fan of it? Is, is your wife a fan of it or no? I don't really think so. You know, she gives the classic, you, you look handsome. And I think that's bullshit, but you know, she's not right next to me. So it's uh, I don't know. I do. I, I think I look like a cop. I think, I think I, I, I've, I've gotten um, the guy from Narcos, the blonde. I don't know if you've ever watched Narcos, uh, nar- the original Narcos on Netflix where they're in Columbia the blonde American cop. I forget his name. I've gotten that from multiple people that I look like him with a mustache. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like it to be honest with you. It's a little, little ridiculous, but like I said, whatever works, I, I will be out there rocking a mustache. Rooster from Top Gun over here. Yeah. But you haven't seen that movie yet. So it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm working on it. All right. I'm working on it. Leave me alone. That's, that's your homework is to go see, go see Top Gun Maverick because it's it, that that trend has taken over the nation. I might I might have to grow mine out. This might have to be we just be two two cops doing a podcast. That's 
I'm all about the mustache power. Let's do it. Um, all right. So for today, we have uh, no guests. It is just Brian and I. But we have a bunch of fun segments, some news off the top. Um, in the news segment, we have the LA Angels in a very surprising move on Tuesday. They fired their manager, Joe Madden. This move comes amid a 12-game losing streak. The Angels are now under 500. They're 27 and 29. At one point on May 13th or on May 15th, they were 24 and 13, but they've gone three and 16 cents. And then you mentioned it. Mike Trout had that gigantic long offer. Uh, that that I mean, we talked about this several weeks ago. We're like, are we buying or selling the Angels? And we think we both said we're buying. And now on TikTok and Instagram, people are roasting us because we're like, this didn't age well. So shout out those people in the comments. Uh, this, I didn't see this move coming. I always thought Joe Madden was a very solid manager. I just thought this was like, you know, one of those skids that happens throughout the course of the season. But what was your reaction when you saw Joe got the, the, the ax? Yeah, I was definitely surprised. I uh, woke up and saw it on Twitter. I was like, holy shit. They, uh, they did it. But I mean, obviously he's, he's a good manager. One, one world series, you know, everything with the Rays. I'm sure he'll get another job, but it's tough to lose that many games in a row. That's, that's a lot. That's a long skid, especially for a team with that kind of talent. And I think it's just, I don't think it's his fault. Uh, I don't, I'm not uh, a guy who, who thinks managers can impact the team so greatly that, or if they win, you know, good at, at the matchups they can be they can be great managers and things like that but at the end of the day if the guys on the field don't play good then you could be the, the best damn manager ever wasn't it? <laughs> it don't matter but you can't you can't fire a whole team so manager takes the fall there uh from the outside looking in you know i i've always thought he would he was kind of a, a good vibes kind of guy kind of you, got it and I would think there'd be a good atmosphere there. They have a lot of good players. Obviously Trout, Otani, Rendon, well, I mean Jared Walsh, they got some pitching now. But I mean they 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 have some some good players. I think it's just more of an overall uh haven't gotten to the playoffs with the money that's been with that's been put into the team whether that's still his fault or not, I think it's just a move to try to shake things up and, and see if they can change the mojo. I mean, it's crazy to me because yes, it's a lot of, it's a lot of games in a row to lose, but also they were doing great right before this stretch. So it's not like they've just sucked the entire season. It's definitely a rough patch, but I was, uh, I was definitely surprised to see that. What do you think? I mean, they must have been thinking about making this move for a while. That's the only thing I can think of because you're right. He's in his time there. He's gone 130 and 148. They haven't made the playoffs in seven consecutive years. That's the third longest streak in baseball. It's tough. And I, I was watching MLB tonight last night and Harold Reynolds brought up a great point about what will Joe Madden's legacy be in LA? And he thinks it's going to be unleashing Shohei Otani saying you can hit, you can pitch, you can do whatever you want. We're going to take the guardrails off. We're going to let you go out there and just ball out. Uh, and we've seen the success that's come from that. So I think, you know, if we can look back from Joe Madden's time in LA, just unleashing Shohei Otani, I, I would agree with that take. I think, I think that's going to be his legacy, but yeah, that's, that's tough because you're right. They were in first place before this and they have this great lineup and their pitching staff was getting better. Cinder guard is back, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just tough to see. 
but the, the next man up is Phil Nevin. Uh, do you, do you know anything about him? I, I think he was a longtime player, right? Yeah, he was a, he was a really good player. I believe his first overall pick, whatever year it was. Um, but yeah, he was definitely a really good big leaguer. Um, I think his son's in triple a with the Orioles. Could yeah. Tyler. Nevin. I think his son's in, yeah. Uh, I don't know him. Never personally interacted with him. He was the Yankees third base coach, at least for the last few years, I think. Um, but no, I've never had any, any personal interaction with them, but been around played. So, uh, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. It'll be interesting to see if, if, um, if there's any changes there or if they, you know, they play better or talk about fire managers, Phillies fire Girardi, and all of a sudden they're the greatest team to ever step on the field. Got uh beat Josh Hader last night or yeah, last night, your time. Uh, so I don't know, man, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm sure Nevin's been, been around the game long enough. I'm, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanted to kind of talk about, you mentioned this earlier, like how much responsibility does a manager have in the winning and how much do they have in like the losing? Because you're right. They, all they can really do is they set the lineup they make the pitching changes you know, if you're Joe Madden, you, you bring in like these cool vibe clubhouse things where like you have clowns and like circus performers and stuff coming in. I mean, I thought that was kind of cool, but I don't know. We've seen Joe Girardi and Joe Madden both get the ax kind of like old school kind of experienced managers. Um, you know, like how much, how much does a manager have to do with like the overall success of a team you think? It depends on the organization. It depends on the, the manager. Nowadays, there are plenty of organizations where the front office more than just the manager or they're, you know, having their meetings pregame and saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do today. This is the lineup. This is because, uh, you know, we're facing Garrett Cole and these guys bats are going to play better, whatever the numbers are saying, like that does happen. doesn't happen everywhere, but it does happen. So I'm sure guys like Joe Madden have more pull and more say in, in whatever's going on. But in, in some places, the manager is almost just an extension of, of the front office. But in game, you know, you got you to play the, play the stuff there. I would say it, it's definitely important of the vibes of the clubhouse. It's not totally on the manager, but it starts, it starts there of just, you know, the atmosphere is, 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 is important because you want it to be loose and fun, but at the same time you want it to be, we're not fucking around. We're here to work. And we're here to, you know, do our thing. There's definitely a balance there. And that's with the players too. It doesn't, you know, it's not just, I think um, being able to build those relationships, especially with your superstar players or your big players is, is huge, which I'm sure Madden is, is, was fine with and good at, uh, but as, as well as, you know, the entire team, even the guys who are bouncing up and down or the role players, you know, everybody needs to, you want everybody to feel 
a part of the team and like everything, you know, it matters, whatever they're doing matters. So that is, that's definitely a big part for the manager there. And then if they're making the lineup and, and the in-game stuff is definitely, you know, can make or break um, going with your gut. And those two particular guys, Girardi and Madden, they've been around. So I think they can do, I think they can definitely impact the game and impact the team with, without a doubt. But stink, not, not, not much a manager can do about that. So, you know, it's they, they, they are the leader. So at the end of the day, they're going to get some of the credit for the winning and probably get more of the credit if it's a loser. Because like I said, you can't, you can't get rid of the whole team. <laughs> And that was always my argument when people talk about Joe Girardi. It's like, well, it's not his fault. He's, he's not playing left field when Kyle Schwarber is, you know, fumbling balls and kicking stuff around out there. So it's like, you're right. There, there is only a certain amount of stuff they can do. Um, but yeah, I, I just think back to, you know, 2019 Washington Nationals when they went 19 and 31. And if they would have fired Dave Martinez, then, you know, would they have, would they have hoisted a World Series trophy? Probably not. Because he, he, was, he was the ultimate vibes guy. Go 1-0 every day. Uh, and, and, you know, some savvy moving and dealing there. So yeah, I, it's, it's tough, but do you think that like, I wish this was a more clear cut conversation where it's like old school managers are having success and new school managers aren't where I, if it was more clear cut like that, it'd be easy, but it's like, you have Buck Showalter and Dusty Baker as probably the top two managers in baseball. Those guys don't like analytics at all. Uh, those are hundred percent feel and gut guys. So, uh, and that might be your world series matchup this year. So, um, it's, it's weird. Have you noticed that where it's like, you know, old school guys can have this kind of success and, and new school guys are, I don't know. Have you, have you seen the relationship between those two kind of. Yeah. In my opinion, it's, there has to be a balance, right? It can't just be ignoring all the numbers and it can't just be 1000% in the numbers. Like that's why you have, baseball guys, right? Guys who played the game, guys who've been around the game, like that's why they're there because they've seen everything. They have an understanding of situations and scenarios that, you know, maybe numbers can't just tell you everything, you know what I mean? Or they can read by watching the game and, and seeing what's going on. They have a better idea of, of what's going to happen. You know, you can't just, if you're like, for example, defensive positioning. If we're shifting or if we have the outfield playing a certain way because this guy hits the ball here however many percent of time, like the analytics would say, well, you got a guy throwing 100 miles an hour on the mound and you're watching it and you're seeing this guy swing, you might be like, well, screw the numbers. Let's, uh, let's go the other way or whatever. Like – you can't, in my opinion, you can't just go blind one way or the other. And I think that is uh, the best organizations do that in my, and, and, you know, every place I've been has, has done that pretty well. Uh, I think it's hard for guys who have played and been around the game to just believe that these numbers or, numbers people know better than them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's, there's 
not that many people who've walked this planet, who've played Major League Baseball or who have been around or managed Major League Baseball. So for those people to think that these other guys or girls, whoever, just looking at stuff on a computer and looking at numbers can tell me what's going to happen or whatever. Like it just doesn't work out that way, you know? So I think there's got to be a blend and I'm sure, you know, the guys you're talking about, I'm sure Dusty Baker and Buck Show Walter and everybody else probably do that. They probably say, okay, here's what the numbers say. Great. Here's what we're seeing. Here's what my guys are seeing. This is what, you know, and how can we make that work? You know, and I think like with anything, it's got to be a balance. I think that's very well said. Um, when you see the rest of the season for the Angels, like how do you see that playing out? They still obviously have Trout and Otani, and this lineup is dangerous. Uh, do you see them make making a comeback here with Phil Nevin? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I think so. I mean, I – I don't think they're going to lose 30 games in a row. No, I think they're going to cope. You know, they're going to come back and they're going to even out. And the question will be, will it be enough to make the playoffs with the Astros and even the Mariners in their own division? If I had to say right now, I would I would say no, but like you said, they have enough talent and superstar power on that team to go on, on a tear and win 13 in a row or whatever it is too, and be right back in the middle of all of it. What do you think? I, I think now they're probably being the outside looking in, but that's not to say they can't have a 500 season. I mean, that's, that's just, that might be a cop out because I think the angels, regardless of what they do always end up around 500. They'll always be 80 <laughs> or 82 or whatever. Uh, so mm-hmm. that might just be like their, their ceiling, but no, it's, it's hard because like this, I, I want this team to do so well because I want Mike Trout in the playoffs. And I want him to stop going home to New Jersey and going hunting every October. I want to see him on TBS or whatever, like smacking home runs. So it's uh, for, for baseball sake, I would like to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know. It's, I feel like this team might be in the middle of some bad vibes right now. Yep. You're right. We'll it's see. Tough. All right. Let's do uh, let, let's do our fudged up moment of the week. So our fudged up moment of the week brought to you by our sponsor, uh, the original Fudge Kitchen. You can find them at Fudge Kitchens with an S. It's fudgekitchens.com. They ship all over the country. Fudge and other sweet treats, saltwater taffy. Love that. All over the country, fudgekitchens.com. And then for our Jersey Shore, Philadelphia area listeners, they have locations in Wildwood, North Wildwood, Cape May, Ocean City, Stone Harbor. If you're down there in the summer, Go check them out. It's the summer now, not in the summer. We are in the summer. But if you're down there at the shore, like us Northeasterners say, go check them out. That's the original Fudge Kitchens. And our fudged up moment of the week, what is it, J.A.? This is close to home for you. It is. So we're going to stick in college baseball like we did last week. Last week was Rutgers College Baseball. This week is University of Maryland College Baseball. So the Terrapins lost in heartbreaking fashion to UConn. It sucks because they had to fight so hard to get to that position. They had a 48 and 14 record, which was the program's best in 131 years, which I found out that's hilarious. Uh, and they, there was their first conference title in more than a half a century. So what happened was on Sunday night in the eighth inning, the Terps had battled back. They were originally down six, one to Yukon. They made it 10 to eight. So their, their star outfielder, Chris Aline tapped a dribbler to the Yukon pitcher, Justin Willis. He's running down the line. 
And the Huskies first baseman, Ben Huber, was just completely standing on top of the base. So the two, the runner and the first baseman collided. And uh, originally people thought, oh, cool. He's and the ball popped out. It's like, oh, he's safe. It's like, no, runner's interference. He's out. The guy that was on third that scored, he had to go back. So 10 to nine became 10 to eight and the runner was out. And now we have everybody debating whether or not this was runner's interference, a la 2019 World Series, Trey Turner. So the DMV is getting screwed over by that again. Uh, but th- I, that runner's interference call, I feel like it happens like once a year. And I feel like nobody really understands it. But, you know, we have a player here. Could you could you help explain what that rule is and if you've ever encountered it in a game? I've gotten called out a bunch of times because I, you know, stupid swing and bunt or whatever and you just you're pissed off so i'm like halfway in the grass running down the first base trying to get hit in the back with the throw yeah so that's runner's interference when the stuff i was doing when i watched that the pitcher didn't make a good play (laughs) just to be honest and was running into the baseline. Now I know the the flip side of that rule apparently is you got to be in foul territory unless the ball is behind the runner. I saw, which doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So I guess that's why they called him out. But he was when I just watch it, I'm like, there's no fucking way. That is the dumbest call I've ever seen. Like the pitcher. Made a dumb, uh, not a dumb. He made a bad play. Made a bad, unathletic play. Sorry, guy. Run it. He was running into the baseline trying to do it. And then the first baseman, bless his soul, kind of a tough spot there, trying to trying to hang in there and <laughs> catch the ball and get the out. But was on top of the bag. Wasn't you know? Wasn't one side. It wasn't like he was in foul territory. Like hey, throw it here or like all the way over. First base side, like, you know, out here, it was just kind of right in the middle. So, in my not-so-expert opinion, bad play all around. Guy should be safe. He did nothing wrong. And sorry about it. You're gone. He, you're right, because, you know, if, if he sees the play moving towards foul territory, you would think he would kind of position his body over that way. But, no, he was just completely squared to the base. He was His entire body, I think, was on the base. So it's like where that yeah. was the big thing I saw online where it's like, well, where's the runner supposed to go if if the guy yeah. is camped out on top of the base? <laughs> Listen, as, as a guy who's played a lot of first base in my career and had to get used to playing first base and not get run into, you in that situation would be going to foul territory. Or or the other side. Hey, when I when I watch it, I know it's it's happening fast, so it's hard to, to tell. But in my head, watching that, I would for sure not be standing on the on the middle bag because I don't care how big you are as a first baseman. If you're standing there and somebody's running as hard as you can down the line like that, it's going to fucking hurt if he hits you, and you're probably not going to take the best of it. So, yeah, don't stand on the middle of the bag. And and I mean, he see him like he's looking this way. He can see where he is, so you know how long you can hang in there or not hang in there, but you're not hanging in there with your whole body. You're hanging in there with your, with your glove. You know, that's just standing like that. It's just asking to get smoked. And yeah, can't believe it. Back-to-back weeks, fudged up moment, my college and your home state college there. Tough, tough role for us. 
On the bright side, though, college baseball is electric. I watched a lot of it uh, during the day. Uh, I guess I guess it was like the Super Regionals, I think. I don't know. I, I, I have to – the tournament lingo I have to get down. It's Super Regionals just started, I believe. That The, the UConn-Maryland was Regionals. Regionals. So okay. it depends, yes. So Super Regionals are down to, what, 32 teams? Is that when they go to Omaha? No, Omaha is the last eight. Oh. Damn. Okay. See, I'm new to college baseball. Uh, we're we're going to have to follow this, but yeah, it's, it's electric other than Maryland. It's fun. It's uh, good. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was that. So we have uh, to end the show. We just have a, a couple really fun segments. Uh, so we're going to do the guest performance of the week for the previous week. And this one goes out to our good friend, Joe Musgrove on June, on June 3rd against the Milwaukee Brewers. He took a no hit bid into the eighth inning Lost it with two outs in the eighth when Colton Wong doubled off the wall. Uh, Joe finished the uh, eight innings with six strikeouts. It was his 10th quality start of the season. There was a very funny clip when Colton Wong was on set second base and he took his helmet off and tipped it. And Joe kind of like winked at him. So I thought that was, that was, that was very nice and wholesome. Dude, Joe, he's been throwing the shit out of the ball. There's no other way to put it. He's been uh, on an absolute tear, 10 quality starts. Phenomenal, uh, man. He's uh He's going to get paid. So good for him. Very happy for him. We'll have to ask if, uh, if he had a no pisser going again as well, or if, or if he couldn't hold it this time, we'll have to, we'll have to get back to the, the listeners on that one. But yeah, man, just happy for him. He's, he's arguably been the best pitcher in the major leagues this year. His ERA. I didn't know this. He's third in the league in ERA with 1.64 which is insane with all the quality starts added in there. So yeah, six and zero with a one, six, four Joe Musgrove. He's doing great, man. Very happy. Doing great. Padres are kicking ass. Uh, so next up, this is uh, this is a product of my weird brain. This is a, a very nice, it's a thought experiment. If you will, if you had to field a starting nine with nine of the exact same player playing all positions, who are you taking? Because the, the consensus would probably be Shohei Otani, given that he's already a pitcher and a hitter. But, I mean, I've seen him play the outfield a little bit. I don't know how he's going to fare playing catcher and all the other infield positions. Um, I have a slam dunk home run, but I'm curious to see who you thought for this. Yeah, I mean, Otani obviously comes to mind first. But my next two, and I don't know who I'm going to decide even still, are Jacob DeGrom. College, college shortstop, obviously pretty good pitcher. And Michael Lorenzen from the Angels, uh, college center fielder, dabbled in the outfield a little bit. Cincinnati can swing it a little bit. Uh, very good athlete. But, yeah, I don't know because they're obviously both pitchers and both good pitchers, but they're both – we're also, you know, position players and they're athletics. So – I feel like I would take my chances with one of them because of the way they can pitch two, if that makes sense. Instead of taking a fielder and making him pitch, I feel like I'll take one of these athletic pitchers. You know what? I would go, oh, that's tough. Dude, DeGrom can swing a little bit. Like, I know he's a freak on the mound, but dude was a college, was a division one shortstop and has some knocks and Lorenz, I mean, Lorenzo was literally the center fielder at Cal state Florida and came in and closed the games and threw hard. And now he's 
big league start. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. Oh, I'm gonna go Lorenzo. Screw it, go Lorenzo. I like that. I like that you took it in opposite direction that I did. You you took a pitcher and you're gonna put him out in the field. I went the opposite from that. I went. I'm gonna take a hitter, a position player, and I'm gonna have him play all all the other infield and outfield positions and have him pitch. And I have a slam dunk home run. And this is one one a. It is Bryce Harper. So at the plate, he's a two-time MVP. Let's talk about fielding, though, because I did a little research, and it was hilarious, all the positions he's played. He was drafted as a catcher. People forget that. He's played all three outfield positions in the big leagues. He has two games at first base in his career at the major league level. I think it was like a third of an inning or something. I don't think it was a lot of time there, but he's technically played first base. And in 2020 summer camp ball, they put him at third base for six outs or for two innings. Uh, I don't know how he looked. I think I saw a clip. His arm looked pretty good. So I think you could put him at third, second, and put at shortstop even. Uh, but the fun one is in college ball. So I think it was like the College of Southern Nevada in Juco. He pitched. He faced five batters. He struck out one. He allowed two hits. And he touched 98 on the radar gun. Uh, delivery looked clean. I think you could probably work with that. So uh, I think if you had to have Bryce Harper playing all nine at the same time, I think he could probably compete in the AL East, to quote Nathaniel Lowe from last week. Oh, my God. You're probably right about Bryce Harper. Nate, I just texted him earlier. He's – I don't know if you've been following. He's crushing the ball still since he's, since he's come on here. So, that's good. Uh, yeah, Harper. Harper's a good pick. I have a caveat. I felt bad. Remembered a guy that was at the Rays alternate site with us, my teammate, Dietrich Enns, here, big leaguer, and now with me in Japan, texted me the other day saying he was listening to the podcast, and I was like, Oh shit! I forgot about him. <laughs> so sorry, D. He was there too. Another stud. Uh, Harper. Another fun story. Harper beat me in the home run derby when we were eleven or twelve. I think eleven years old in Cooperstown. Um, I still have the picture. It was like me and four other kids. Uh, he was already a monster. I was normal sized child and. Uh, yeah, we can dig that one up, and I'll and I'll give it to you. But yeah, he he, I think I hit like two in the finals, and he hit like ten. So, yeah, Harper's pretty good. You know what? You know what's funny is my friend. Uh, so baseball cards are red hot right now, and he sent me the back of one of your baseball cards, and like it has like the description of it. And now that that's on there, but I wanted to read it for you, and I wanted to get your take. It says Brian's an interesting guy. He's the son of a rock guitarist and drummer, an axe man himself since the fifth grade. He lost a home run derby to Bryce Harper when he was eleven. And he's current unsuperstitious owner of a black cat. <laughs> oh my god, that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, I don't know. This is this is my dad's a rock star. He said, "Son of rock guitarist slash drummer," and he says, uh, you're, yeah. "You're an axe man that's yourself funny. since the fifth grade." Yep my dad uh, my dad played in bands until I was born. Still, you know, still plays guitar and drums. Unbelievable. I mean, phenomenal drummer. Really, really is. Uh, Taught me how he originally taught me how to play guitar. And then I took some lessons. Yeah. I've been playing guitar since fifth grade. Don't play as much as I used to, unfortunately, but yeah, still, still can still, still pretty solid at it. Uh, and the rest, the rest is true. Yeah. Lost the lost the Harper in Cooperstown broke my heart uh, before he was, you know, real Bryce Harper, but I was also like five, two and he was like six foot. So, um, and then uh Yeah. My one of my cats is black. He's the man. And yes, he, he definitely brings good luck. No bad luck from from blue. 
It's my guy. Superstitious. That's that's. Yep. Do you remember like do, how does that work? Does Tops come up to you and do they ask you like what you want to have on the back or how does that work? I that's I did not know that. That's the first time I've heard that. So I don't know if they just gathered that from a you know uh, along the lines of questions questionnaires I've filled out during my time or or what. I know in San Diego, dude, it's pretty funny. They put up some uh, on the scoreboard like when we hit they put up some pretty, some pretty good fact, like fun facts up there instead of other stuff. They'll find like random, I don't know. They'll like scour your Twitter and, and put something that you said, like they, they do a pretty good job of, of random stuff. So uh, that's, I, that's funny. I didn't know that. My dad, my dad's going to laugh at that when I, when I tell him that. We got, yeah. It, you you got to find like these tops cards. I feel like that might, that might have to get up in a frame somewhere. It's just very funny that like just the randomness of, of the stats it's like hey he lost to bryce harper he's got a black cat it's like what, <laughs> what are you talking about that's pretty good good for you tops that's funny <laughs> um oh man all right i don't know what, what do we got we next got on that. we got top fives <laughs> we're gonna do oh, yeah top five a couple really a couple really fun top fives um top five most disappointing teams so far i have mine if you want me to run through it and then do you want to go first Go ahead. Let's 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 hear yours first. All right, I'll go five through one. Um, this probably didn't surprise anybody, but it surprised me. It's the Washington Nationals. I thought they'd be better than twenty-one and thirty-six. You do have. I just saw Strasburg's about to start, so you got Thursday. you got Strasburg coming back. So that's cool. It'll give me a reason to watch. It was twelve to one or something last night against the Marlins. Um, loss, not win. Uh, so that's number five. Uh, Seattle Mariners, number four. I thought they'd be better. They're, they're 25 and 30. They're in fourth place. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to do our, our part to try to gas the Mariners up a little bit. I'm doing my part on social media. I'm trying, but they're still in fourth place. Um, th- the Phillies are in third uh, on my list and in and at least because they're 25 and 29. The White Sox also in third place, 25 and 27. And the most disappointing team so far, I think, is Boston, even though I think they've ripped off five in a row. They're still in fourth place. So figure it out. Yeah, you um I mean, we're we're on a pretty similar page there. Uh I had I didn't realize the White Sox were I I would put I didn't put mine in a particular order, but now like you're saying that I would I would have White Sox number 1. That's did not know that their record was under 500. That's that's rough. Um my AL champion I believe Chicago White Sox. Same. Yeah. So they're, they're number one for me. Uh, yep. Mariners, Phillies all had in there. Red Sox, Red Sox are turning around. So I might give them a pass because they've, they've gone on a nice little run here and they're back over 500, but disappointing from where I had them for sure. Uh, I would add now angels, Angels are yeah. pretty disappointing at this point. And then a team I believe you were kind of high on a little bit. Not high, but you thought they were going to have a solid season. The Kansas City Royals <laughs> way back in the day. They stink. They They're not bad. playing good. <laughs> Hand up. 17 and 37, I believe. They're not. You that's, know, that's that's rough. Sometimes you just have to stick to takes. You, you put a take out there. And you got to stick to it. And I thought the Kansas City Royals and the Chicago Cubs would be good. Hand up. They're not. 
yeah. I thought, yeah, they're 17 and 37. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. is taking a little bit longer to get acclimated, I feel like. So uh, that's that's fine. He's a rookie. It happens. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a pretty pretty big fire sale come July trade deadline for probably both of those teams. Yeah, that's uh, I was I was pretty surprised by that one, too. Yeah. But yeah, those are those are the five disappointing teams right there. I like it. All right. The next one uh, is also a product of my brain. It's going to be the top five starting pitchers you would want on the mound in a winner take all game. So this could be either they've been there, they've done that. It's guys with electric stuff. For my list, I kind of had a mix of both. Um, number five on mine, I had Java Joe Musgrove. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like right now he's he's red hot. You can't not take him. Number four, I have Shane McClanahan just because he throws hard and he's like probably going to be the AL Cy Young this year. Number three, I'm going been there, done that. I'm going Adam Wainwright, uh, who also has a really great ERA this year. It's like, probably, I think it's like two, six something. So uh, Wayno's getting the nod. Number two, Justin Verlander. Came back, Tommy John surgery, as good as before, if not better. And then my number one, I think he's hurt right now, but it's Max Scherzer because, I mean, how can you not have Max Scherzer in a winner-take-all game? So that is my starting five or my top five that I want on the mound. Uh, what did you go for your list? Can't argue with, with those right there, Joe. Like you said, I mean, arguably the best right now, Shane. Shane, eat shit if you're listening to this. Uh, that's my guy, but he's still my little brother. Can't can't handle that. He's nasty. Strike. He's. It makes me feel better that he's doing what he's doing now because he abused me at the alternate site for 11 of 12 at bats. And uh, yeah, I stole some of the same guys. I went with uh, no particular order. Well, Scherzer probably be one. I same thing. I mean, sorry. Can't really go against him. I have Degrom in there. I know he's been hurt, but I not fun. Degrom put him in there too. Uh, and then Verlander, I also have in there because been there, done that, and still, yeah, nasty man. Looks great. Um, the two different I had were Kevin Galsman, still rolling with my guy, AL Cy Young. Uh, he's been phenomenal still. And then man. Another, well, a little under the radar this year, been throwing really, really well. You Darvish, man. You Darvish been shoving this year. Uh, he's been awesome for so long. I've seen it. I've faced it. Use nasty. I would, I would absolutely take him in, in one of those games as well. I love that. Yeah, it's like Max Scherzer. I mean, literally, like game seven of the World Series. It's like. Yeah, that's. I don't know. It's hard. It like, you don't want to be like, oh, you know, but it's how, how can you not? Like, if we're being honest, it's him. I'm sorry. Even Adam sorry Wainwright, at, I think he's like 39 or he's almost 40. Uh, I would still trust him. That's one of those ones where it's like, if you had to trust some pitcher where it's like any situation, game on the line, whatever, give me Adam Wainwright every single yeah. time. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's more guys. There's, it's it's a tough question to narrow down. Seriously, it's uh, because yeah, you've seen guys in those situations who just are all, like Charlie Morton with the Rays was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and with the Braves before he got hurt, like he's so good in those situations. And you know, Tyler Glass now is hurt right now. I during that run in 2020, I, Glass was on the mound like it. He's about to just blow by everybody. Who cares? Uh, so. That's I like that question. That's a that's definitely an interesting interesting debate there. 
Absolutely. So I have one more top five for us. It is the top five players you'd want to have your back <laughs> during a benches clearing brawl. This could either be they've been a product of some benches clearing brawls. This could either just be they have gigantic arms, which a couple of my guys, literally, that's just the only reason they're on there. So I'll start us off with number five, Adam Frazier. Uh, he, in, his, in our interview with him, he said it doesn't matter what's going on. He's going to get in there, uh, you know, scrap it up a little bit. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but he's he's tenacious. So, you know, I, I want Adam Frazier on, with, on my side during a benches clearing brawl. Number four is Dan Vogelbach. Uh, I don't know if he's ever been in a benches clearing brawl, but that man is an absolute unit. And I would feel safer having him on my side during any kind of altercation. Uh, same thing with my number three pick. It's Luke Voigt. His arms, I don't know how he buys shirts because they're they're gigantic. He must have to get custom shirts made uh, because of his arms. And so I would like him, I would like him to have my back, please. And thank you. Number two, I have Nolan Arenado because in 2018, uh, charged the mound and he I saw pure rage in his eyes. So uh, I would like to have him having my back. And my number one pick, I'm just gonna start it out with a quote. That quote, they don't know my temper, they don't know what I could do. If I wanted to put someone in the hospital, I easily could. I'm a first course referring to Pete Alonzo. Uh, because if, if you're, if you're willing to put that out into the world that you could put people in the hospital at will, um, I think you probably could. So Pete Alonzo, thank you. Solid list right there. Um, I'll start with, with mine, my, my number five to counter your number one is going to be Stubby Clap, uh, Cardinals first base coach to take down Pete Alonzo, um, so we won't have to worry about that. So he's my first, he's my number five. Uh, after that, dude, we got, I feel like we have some known, some, well, two known guys and then maybe two surprises. I'm going number four is going to be Aaron judge because he's just gigantic. Uh, I'll take him. He's, he's a large human, six, seven, 250 pounds, whatever. I'll, he could be on my side. No doubt. Uh, after that, Number three is going to be my former favorite player of, in baseball, Joey Wendell uh, of the Miami Marlins. Just a tough son of a bitch and was a very good wrestler back in the day. If you ever get a good look at Joey, you'd be like, yep, that dude definitely was a wrestler. Uh, yeah, got hit on purpose by Tanaka when we were playing the Yankees and proceeded to laugh and jog down the first base. So that's that's Joey Wendell. Um Definitely on my side. And then <laughs> two and one are kind of funny and kind of not because it's serious. Uh, Amir Garrett, I'll probably go – we'll switch it around. Amir is going to be my number one, and I hate that I'm saying that because I always tell him he's soft. But uh, Tommy Pham will be my number two. Tommy, I know a lot of people have kind of talked about his quotes and the things that have gone on, but uh, – no joke. Tommy's a, a tough motherfucker. And uh, yeah, wouldn't want to mess with Tommy. Glad he likes me. Definitely have him on my side. Tommy, Tommy's the dude you want on your side. And then Amir. Amir, uh, everybody saw Amir go at the Pirates dugout by himself a couple years ago. Um, takes a lot of balls to do that. And Amir's big dude. Amir is tall and long. And yeah, I would definitely uh, – <laughs> Definitely want Amir on my side in a fight, even though I tell him he's soft. But, yeah, hopefully uh, 
I don't know. I like I like my guys. It's a good mix there. <laughs> yeah, if, if if I had to expand my list out to a top ten, I'd probably have probably just have your top five because like I wanted to have like a judge in there just because he's you know a football player playing baseball. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how could, Tommy Pham and Amir Garrett? That could be that that might be one and two. I mean, like now my list feels silly compared to yours, but. <laughs> If I know anything about Pete Alonzo, if he wanted to, he could put every single one of those guys in the hospital. So that's why I got Stubby Plap too, man. We got to take care of Pete. This is kryptonite. There's, he's, he's got one. He's one thing that can stop him. <laughs> Stubby Plap. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, there was a there was bench. Well, it cleared the other night. The uh, Astros and the Mariners, right? Yeah. You know, most of it, dude, is nothing. Most of it's nothing, but uh, we've all seen we've all seen Amir actually actually do it. So you know, it's not there's not a ton of guys. I guess Aaron. I mean, Aaron is charged. Harper's charged. Uh, although I think Harper threw his helmet at yeah. the pitcher, which kind of knocks it down. Hunter Strickland, I but think. I, and then there were teammates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with Bryce Harper, but it's not a great look. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But when you, I mean, listen, I've been there when I've gotten hit on, you know, and known it's on purpose. It's, uh, you got to be really mad and you got to, you got to have some uh, intestinal fortitude to actually charge them out, knowing all the repercussions and all the things that are about to happen. So anybody who's actually done it, you give them a little nod there. And, a close six for me would probably be Manny Machado. I'd like Manny on my side in you know, a fight as well. I was at the game where he uh, charged and he got into a fist fight with Jordano Ventura uh, yep. in t- 2016. So that I, I've yeah. seen him do that, and he's he's no joke. Wiry, wiry Manny's, strong. Yeah. He he might have been wiry back then. He's no longer wiry. Manny's, Manny's a large dude, so I would definitely, yeah. Manny's another one that, that could be on my side anytime. Thanks, Manny. But the ace in the hole will always be Dan Vogelbach. No doubt. I love Dan. No doubt. Uh, all right. That is, that is oh. all the top fives I had for this week. Uh, so I, I hope you had as much fun doing them as I did. Yeah, man, this was great. And then we'll get back next week with a, uh, with a guest. Um, but I do, I, I like doing this, just me and you and kind of catching up on, on some things. I hope, uh, I hope our listeners enjoy it as much. And, Thank you, everybody, for uh, for checking out this episode, and we'll be back next week with some more. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Playing on your radio, coming through your stereo. And-